This week, we decided to talk about gaming oversaturation, as in, do some genres have way too much within them to pick from, and do they suffer because of this? I'm Captain Dirk. And I'm Stev. And this is Super Arrogant Bros. You're listening to the Madcast Media Network. Madcastmedia.com Welcome to Super Arrogant Bros. Hey. hey. Hey, howdy. Hey. Hey, howdy. Hey. Recorded on November 16th, 2020. Ooh. Yeah, it Ooh. is already halfway into November. Jesus Christ, I feel like I just I just celebrated Halloween, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> and and here we are. Here we are into the holiday season. Do you feel the excitement, Stev? Do you do you feel the holiday spirit as it grasps you by the throat and and squeezes the the change out out of your neck? No. Okay. Because I do. Because I <laughs> I do, and it's killing me. God, I'm paying for house, and I have to pay for Christmas gifts. I hate this. Oh, I really boy. hate this, but it's worth it, I suppose. I guess. I guess so. But then we have Thanksgiving, so I have to host that as well. Ooh. Mm. 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 Lots of groceries to buy. So, this is objectively the best gaming podcast out there. All other gaming podcasts are garbo, boring, they suck, I don't like them. Mm-hmm. And so, what I try to do is go live by the example of creating the most objectively good gaming podcast out there. The gooderest podcast in existence. The gooderest. So, here's how you can help us. Share the show. Get people listening in. Get butts in seats while we do these streams. Twitch.tv slash Super Arrogant Bros. You can also watch this on YouTube as well. And I've been uploading on BitChute. Now, I understand that BitChute is looked at as a um, an alternative to YouTube that is, like, very, very far right. But... We try to combat this by including other shit from ourselves yes. on this this platform. So it doesn't hurt. Might as well. And if you want to li- watch on there, feel free to. Let's see. We've got um, yeah, we've got Orange Monkey in the chat actually right now with us listening in as we record. So seriously, get people listening in on this. That helps us. Help us grow the show. We've got this on Spotify. We've got it on iHeartRadio. Uh, Google Podcasts, actually, which is their newer platform for podcasting. Uh, yeah, Stitcher as well. Get on there. Listen. Get people to listen. So with that, let's go ahead and get into the games of the week. Hmm. Games of the week. So, Steph, did you have anything for Games of the Week? Because I don't. Uh, I played more Apex Legends. That's it? I also played League of Legends. Oh, of course you fucking did. Yeah, there's... You there's can't a, not play League of Legends. There's a new thing, actually, out for uh, for League of Legends now. It's, uh, What's that? It, so, the new preseason jumped out. They added it. They took out a bunch of items. They added in a bunch of items. They updated the store to make it more of a headache to fucking look through. You know, normal, normal, you get the idea. Um, on top of that, they also added in a new character known as Seraphine, 
Seraph, I don't. She's bad. Why is she bad? Because it felt like they forced her into this fucking game, and that this 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 I I might go over this a little bit in uh, in in our gaming news segment, but uh, oh okay, it uh, turned out it 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 is possible that uh, the new champion that came out was made by a dev who is completely obsessed with a woman that she that he has met once. Oh no. Oh no. So it is completely possible that maybe that this is true and that he is uh he is not a good uh, like it uh-huh. it shows that this was just forced in because she came out and she also has a skin that is known as an ultimate skin. Uh-huh. And what the way the ultimate skins work is that they are they they transform in the middle of matches or like you can get them to basically you do a thing and they begin to transform. Like uh with my girl Lux. Okay. If you uh if you do damage, if you do enough damage to other champions, you can uh you you can basically turn her skin into something else. And then you can mix and match, like what you get later on in the game. Okay. To make a cooler, more, uh, you 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 basically get an ultimate version for your skin. Like, you basically level up on top of your level up, and at the end of the game, she'll look cool because she has mastered the elements. Elementalist Lux. Okay. Or DJ Sona, where you can change the music in the game, depending on the stance that you're taking. Or you can be like uh, like Seraphine and just play games with her, and then you can choose what skin she gets. You're basically buying one skin to get three more skins. All right. And uh, this is in the midst where people are saying a bunch of champions don't have skins. The ones that I am thinking of are my boy Malphite that does not have an ultimate skin. Okay. Uh, my boy Maokai does not have an ultimate skin. A bunch of champions that everyone says deserves an ultimate skin did not get an ultimate skin. So this is either bad business on Riot's end or someone is really jerking off to Seraphine over at Riot right now. Okay. Okay. <laughs> And I, and I'll, I'll I'll get into that later. I mean, lots of people do this already to the characters. Like, but what's who's to say that it doesn't happen from people in Riot Studios? But the reason why this is why the reason why it's so controversial is because she came out that like this skin came out day one. A skin that you have to pay about I think twenty to thirty dollars for. Yeah, that is supposed to be basically whole new voice lines, whole new animation. She just gets that day one. Other champions that came out get like an alternate skin. So like uh, Kane, when he first came out, he had he had his regular skin, then he had like a kind of a demon-y skin. But it, it, it didn't change the way... God, ultimate skins are really hard to fucking kind of pin down because you haven't played League of Legends yet or looked at their skins... So it's really hard for me to describe to you what I am talking about. Right, right. So imagine, if you will, oh, God, how how, how am I going to do this correctly, I guess? Uh, fuck. No, you play no, you, you don't play any games that 
that have purchasable uh, purchasable uh, skins, do you? Well, I, there are some I probably play, but um, I get the idea, though. Yeah. Okay, imagine that you've been playing this character that hasn't gotten like a skin update in a long time. Got Hasn't gotten a skin in God knows how long. Okay. And then all of a sudden, this fucking nitty pretty little bitch all of a sudden pops out of nowhere and she already gets like the, she already gets the fucking works done for her skin line. Okay. And you look over at your dude, your boy that you have been playing for about five years now and realize he only has like three skins on top of the uh, crappy looking skins. And then you look over at the new character, realize that her skin is already better than yours, and you get a little salty. Okay. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, this new person already gets all the cool things, but you're, uh, the person that you want to play doesn't get the cool things and hasn't gotten the cool things in God knows how long. Okay, so, yeah, that seems pretty... Um... That's really odd. That's actually kind of suspicious, too. Especially since other characters that have deserved skins for a long time have gotten skins. And you just kind of look over and realize, this is, uh, this is not good. Right. I don't, oh no, I don't like how this is turning out. Like, did they forget about him? Did they forget about my boy? In, in, <laughs> they must have. In response to this, oh, God, it just, it fucking sucks. Uh, Dick Marmalade in the chat saying, <laughs> her skin is always going to be better than yours. I know, it fucking sucks. <laughs> I just want a cool rocket. I just want a cool rock man to have cool rock skins. Yeah. But yeah. I don't get that. Is there anything else for the uh, games of the week? Uh, No, I don't think. Okay. I don't remember. <laughs> okay, because besides that, I- I'm pretty much going to be bringing back my World of Warcraft subscription here. In a little bit. Well, I already did. You just did too. Yeah. Okay. It, that's all the more reason for me to do it. Cool. I want the uh, I want the comfy role playing games. I mean, I guess I can talk about fucking World of Warcraft too. Oh, was there something new about it that you want to talk about? Yeah. Go we- for it. Go for it. Okay. Well, I don't know if this is supposed to be something that we can talk to uh, talk about in topic, but I don't know. It just it. I don't know. We can go back and forth. Okay. Let's so, do it then. Okay. Let's do it then. Okay. okay. So for now, let's go ahead and get into the gaming news. Gaming news. So Demon Souls, the remake, has a mysterious new door, and nobody knows how to open it yet. Did you try rolling into it? Did you roll? Uh, I mean, yeah, I, you could try doing that. I would try doing that if I had a PlayStation Five, because then I'd be trying to open the door. Yeah, but I, but it doesn't get released until twenty twenty one. No, the game's out. No, no, no. You don't get to have a PS Five oh, until twenty twenty one, buddy. That's what you mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Vati Vidya is who started to uh, to talk about this first, and uh, and since then it's picked up, and now there's an IGN article talking about this. But yeah, it it has. Um, yeah, it's now in this remake, and we have no idea what it's supposed to be for. Uh, maybe it could be for, for all I know, it could be for absolutely nothing. But a mysterious new door? Hmm, hot diggity damn. Mm, this means new things. Well, new things in the remake for a game that is, oh God. Old. Old. Yeah, why not? I mean, it, it's, it's from what I've seen, the studio that did this, this uh, game was very faithful to the original in the first place. So... I'm not going to be one to complain. Yeah, it's... 
I won't complain about it, especially since, you know, it's an update. It's an update for yeah. a game that definitely needs updates in certain points. Yeah, absolutely. But it's it's nice to know that the that they can add in new things for uh for maps. Right, right. Uh coming up next here, this is about Star Wars actually. Uh Star Wars Fox execs told George Lucas young Anakin would destroy the franchise. So Going from this article, an excerpt from a 1999 Empire Magazine interview with George Lucas is currently making the rounds, in which Lucas recounts his 20th century Fox executives were less than enthusiastic about the director deciding to center the first film of the prequel trilogy around a 10-year-old Anakin Skywalker. The piece, which came out a few weeks after The Phantom Menace opened to a huge box office, featured Lucas admitting that the film would have been more easily marketable if he'd st- started uh, Anakin's story with him as a teenager falling in love with Natalie Portman's qu- Queen Padme. Quote, I kept it as it originally intended. He said, you can't play too much to the marketplace. It's the same thing with the fans. The fans' expe- ex- expectations had gotten way high, and they wanted a film that was going to change their lives and, and be the second coming. You know, I can't do that. It's just a movie. And I can't say now I got to market it to a whole new different audience. I tell the story. I knew that if I'd made Anakin 15 instead of nine, then it would be, would have been more marketable. He continued. If I'd made the queen 18 instead of 14, then it would have been more marketable, but that isn't the story. It is more important that, that he be young, that he be at an age where leaving his mother is more of a drama than it would have been at 15. So you just have to do what's right for the movie not what's right for the market. What do you think? I don't know. It's just, I actually had a discussion about this yesterday about how uh, it's really weird that Padme was like, really uh, was getting into a youngin, basically. But yeah. I, I also, I also kind of had to fucking play devil's advocate to this because she didn't, she didn't start getting these feelings until he became basically a man. Right, like when they first started, like actually hanging out together alone, and he was a. He, I, I don't know. I don't know about that because you've. I mean, we've all been a boy that had a crush on a girl that was much older than us. Yeah, you, you've been through that, right? Probably. I, I mean, don't know. Oh, okay. Because because I certainly certainly have, and I mean, so I can relate to that. I mean, probably Natalie Portman. I I had a crush on her when I was young. Didn't we all? Yeah. Didn't we all? Then, I saw a V for Vendetta. Yeah. I've seen that shaven head. I've seen that shaven head. <laughs> it reminded me of myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was like, God, this is way too relatable. Uh, shaven head joining a revolution. Oh, oh my. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Uh, up next in the news here. <laughs> so you remember how Devil May Cry Five Special Edition was not coming out for the PC? Yeah. Well, the fans have made the Devil May Cry 5 Spite Edition <laughs> made by the modders. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, from TechRaptor, when you are missing features, add it yourself. Yeah. T- taking the Bethesda route here. Oh, man. <laughs> if, so, it's mis- if, it's missing in the- if it's missing in Elder Scrolls 6, the modders will add it. Yeah. <laughs> the game isn't finished until the modders get a hold of the fucking modding tools. <laughs> So there's actually a trailer for this. I want to play this right now here. Let's see what this is like. Uh, oh, yep. This is looking kind of good. 
Okay, so this is in um, in camera mode, showing the screenshots of what the game is supposed to look like for this uh, modded PC edition. And you know, it, it's the trailer is a little hokey, but I can go with it here. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's it's fine. It's fine. I want to see this thing in action though. So yeah. let's let's see how this goes down the road. And and maybe see if Capcom will actually, you know, pay attention. I doubt it. I I don't know. Sometimes like we're 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 entering an area where where developers are starting to listen more and more to yeah. the consumer base. And uh, for instance, Squadrons. I realized I realized something as I was playing it again. I didn't care about the single player, but I did care about the multiplayer. Right. And I noticed that almost immediately that the single player was a glorified uh, it, it, it was a glorified tutorial. It just showed you how things worked. It'll add in like little mechanics that you can deal with. But at the same time, it gave you unlocks for the multiplayer to go- make you go and play the multiplayer with your new unlocks. Right, right. The single player was only there so that way you could do single player stuff. Okay, yeah. And that was about it. And yeah. now you get into multiplayer, and everyone is having a fucking aneurysm about which, uh, like, which faction is actually better, and for you know, skilled people, right? You know, like, Tie Fighters. <laughs> yeah, Tie Fighters are for skilled people. Tie Interceptors are for skilled people that want a little pizzazz, a little jazz, a little zazz. Yeah. Meanwhile, anyone that like says that the Rebels are the best are the best faction don't realize that they're playing on a handicap. And by handicap, I mean they're on their own, you know, little automated wheelchair that gives them an I win button every single time that they hit a, uh, every single time that they go into a fight. Right, right. And for the last one. Ubisoft replaces achievements with challenges on PC going forward. I don't quite understand this, but here is uh, what Ubisoft had to say about this. Hey guys, apologize for apologies for some of the misinformation I provided earlier than this thread. This is due to a that's not really from them actually. Yeah, it is. Oh, uh, from Ubi Baron. Okay, so uh, apparently the thing, people are misled as as to what was going on here. Apologies for some of the misinformation I provided earlier in the thread. This was due to a miscommunication. Achievements are not not available for the title uh, for this title on PC, and this is an intended change. Instead of achievements for new games on Ubisoft Connect, instead we are we have an ex- expanded for the sorry we have expanded the challenges which provide XP and other rewards in the Ubisoft Connect. We know that this is a big change for a lot of you, and we appreciate your understanding in the matter. So it's Ooh. okay. Okay. What, um, what, what are these challenges here? Yeah. Uh, there like, are, don't, they're like, don't hit the glitched areas. Yeah. <laughs> like, man, I can g- grind nothing but a fucking experience with that. Yeah. Yeah. With, especially with this new Assassin's Creed. Uh, well, they're, they're like achievements, but not really as part of Ubisoft connect. It has core and time limited challenges for players to complete. Once completed, they allow pl- the player to collect Ubisoft connect XP in-game currency, and unique rewards. Core challenges are like achievements as they follow the player's progress through the game and can be showed off like achievements. Time-limited challenges will give in-game objects to comp- objectives to complete 
and are renewed on a regular basis. If you want to know what challenges you can complete, you'll have to check out the time-limited challenges list for your specific game. Okay. That's not too bad. Okay. So I, I guess it adds a little bit extra on what you can do with the game. That's to an, good. To an extent, yeah. Okay, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't mind that. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Did you have anything else for gaming news here before we move on? Uh, Yeah, so just like what I was talking about before with the uh, whole uh, Seraphine riot debacle that's going on right now. Uh, so this is from PC Gamer. Woman says League of Legends character uh, Seraphine is based on her and Riot denies it. Let's see here. The woman named uh, Stephanie. Okay. Yeah, here we go, right? Uh, the woman named Stephanie was in a brief relationship with a Riot employee in 2019. Let's see here. Let's go, 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 go. Do, do, do. All right. In a Medium post published today, uh, Stephanie shared a screenshot of text messages and recount moments from a brief relationship with John, a name she is using to obscure the identity of a former Riot employee. Stephanie says that she and John met in person twice and otherwise chatted and played League of Legends over the course of three months in 2019. During that brief relationship, John allegedly brought up ideas for skins for her favorite League of Legends character, Ari, that were based on her. When she visited him for a tour of Riot headquarters in Los Angeles, he gave her artwork by Riot illustrators depicting her as Ari, which she thought was a little strange given how briefly they'd known each other. Additionally, she says that John implied that he could influence the KDA project. Shortly after Stephanie's visit to Riot HQ, she canceled future plans to see John and expressed, expressed to him that he was moving too fast. At that point, he ended things and blocked me. Which is usually what you'll you'll get when you cut off a relationship and, you know, stuff like that. I'm not I'm not defending this guy cuz he sounds like he sounds like he's yeah, he took this a little too quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh let's see here when September came around this year, Stephanie was reminded of something that jo uh John had said in uh 2019 that KDA would be a would be revealed on her birthday. On that day, an illustration of uh Seraphine was posted on the character's Twitter account to announce that she was working with KDA, right post on behalf of all of its characters at like it's real people, don't worry about it. And it seemed like a coincidence. Uh, let's see here. Her looks are similar to Stephanie and poses with cats in an illustration that are somewhat like Stephanie's photos with her cat, which she says she sent John in 2019. Stephanie also notes that her character's drawings look similar to her own artwork and that the character comes from Piltover and Zahn, regions of League of Legends that she wrote an essay about, an essay she shared with John, and that she says he printed out and framed in, oh, framed in Riot's office. Oh, oh, oh! This is messy. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. So this is a text exchange, by the way. So, firstly, John, I have a lot of good ideas. Stephanie, not included, making an Ari skin after me. One of them is awkward Ari. Uh, okay. Awkward. Okay. It's really weird. So, it sounds like this former Riot employee didn't really break things off in that he had he still had lingering stuff which is kind of kind of weird since you know let it go let it go man look we've all been there we've all been there where we've dated somebody and then and then they they broke things off with you and then you still make artwork about them 
uh, professionally. Yeah, and, and and then you 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 give it to your studio. Okay, we've all been there before. Yeah, definitely, we have all been there, and now we are going. Oh God! It makes so much fucking sense now that she gets a goddamn ultimate skin. Yeah. Oh uh, no! <laughs> you <laughs> bastard! We could have had a fucking. We 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 could have had good things. I could have had my undead king. I could have had a siren. I nope. I, nope. I, I fuck. I could have had just a regular sword and board guy. But no, no, you had to make Sona 2.0 because you were a fucking thirsty son of a bitch. <laughs> fucking kill me. <laughs> this is your game. This is this my is game. game. <laughs> How dare you do this to me, boss? Like, what the fuck? Uh, I could have had a, Mal- a Malphite ultimate skin, but this bitch be thirsty. Sorry, <laughs> bastard be thirsty. You're fucking kidding me. All right, with that, let's go ahead and move on to the topic of the week. I'm salty. You don't get that. Topic of the week. All right, so you had the idea of talking about uh, gaming oversaturation. Do you want to lead us into this then? Yeah, so I started thinking about this when... uh, a buddy of mine was talking about his son and how he's been really addicted to Fortnite uh, recently. Yeah. And he started and his son started kind of like saying, "Yeah, but I want I, I want to try other battle royales too." Like and like for a few seconds I I told him about, you know, Apex Apex Legends and all that good jazz. And then I started thinking to myself like there's there's a hell of a lot more games that, you know, are battle royale that fell flat on its face. Oh, and yeah. Like some of them some of them were, you know, dog shit. But some of them had really cool mechanics but never took off. And that got me thinking, is it is it possible that people got tired of battle royales? Absolutely. Like we already have the big 3. We have the PUBGs, we have the Apex Legends, and we also have the Fortnites. You know, the three holy trinity when it comes down to the battle royales. Yeah. One of them is much more passive, which is going to be PUBG. Uh, one of them is ca- uh, kind of a hybrid between aggressive and passive as well, where you, you know, Fortnite build up a, like a small little alcove bullshit. And then when you're going into fights, build the Tower of Babel at breakneck speeds. Um, and then, you know, shoot a man really good but he didn't because he built a wall right in front of you that just materialized out of fucking nowhere. I hate that. I hate that about Fortnite. Yes. I understand that it's a creative thing to put in there, but Jesus Christ, I can only deal with that for so long. Yeah. So, and then, of course, there's the very aggressive play style that is Apex Legends, where you are literally, you go in, you have a gun, you have abilities that help you kill people faster, or help people stay in the fight longer, or, you know, if you're in a good position... You can literally put down shields or cover or any of this stuff and just be, you know, good at the game, you know. But the the, the core concept between all the characters in, in in Apex Legends is you're always forcing the fight. If 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 you are about if if you need to get out of a bad position, you have to break out. If you are in a good position, force them to fight you. Like. Apex Legends is literally, in in my opinion, literally the epitome of aggressive battle royales. 
Right. You are always pushing. You are always attempting to force a fight. No matter what's happening, no matter what range they're at, force them to either come to you or you are going to have to come to them. Yeah. There, there is no in between. There is no sniping battles because you don't know whether or not like another person is going to be uh, going to be popping up right behind you and just blap, blap, blap. <laughs> but those those are the three trinity in my opinion when it comes down to battle royales. And I started I started looking at Steam again. And I, I started looking at like other battle royales that are out there, and some of them are just dog shit. But like you could tell that these were cash grabs. Like they wanted people to get into this game so that way they can get as much money as humanly possible and then dip out. Yeah, or at least somebody makes it as a project and it it they don't quite understand what makes it so good. Yeah. Like um so Souls like. If you've if you've been a fan of Dark Souls, then you've probably heard the term Souls like in that uh, we don't quite have a name for the genre or a subgenre that Dark Souls is. And so when we have a game that is like it, we call it Souls like. And so Lords of the Fallen is a great example of this where I, I actually do like the game. Mm-hmm. I think it's fun. Uh, I, I, I But I think that the game misses some marks as to what makes it what makes Dark Souls so genuinely good. Yeah. What makes Dark Souls Dark Souls? What gives it that soul-like thing? So you remember when there was like that small burst of just games on Steam that were just always Souls-like. Yeah. Um, Iron Pineapple has actually done videos talking about those. And it's just, some of them, some of them are all right. Yeah. Other ones, not so good. Some of them, most of them, almost all of them. <laughs> like, I I I remember when uh, some are just shovelware. Some of them are just shovelware. But the one the one that always sticks out to me that I always had fun with until you know I had to get rid of it because I had to change up my new uh my old computer. Code Vein. Oh, so you no longer have it, do you? I still have it. I it's mean, in like, your Steam library, it's, it's, isn't it? It's in my library still. Okay. But I never I never got around to like re-downloading it, mainly because I got to a part where it's like, God, this is an Orlando, but there's more mazes and stairs, and I got lost way too hard. And even the character that, that, that accompanies you just says, yeah, we're going to get lost if you're not paying attention, dude. Like, oh, no, I have the attention span of a fucking Cocker Spaniel. What do yeah. you want from me? <laughs> uh, let's see here. Orange Monkey says, Spell Break is a good battle royale. And uh, Weirdo in the chat also says, uh, Remnant from the Ashes is a good one. So, actually, Remnant is one that I was looking at a while back. Yeah. The, the, uh, uh, and, and remember, like, not all battle royale games are bad. It's just that people got sick of them really quick. Yeah. Yeah. And that got me thinking, like, on the on the way over here, I started thinking to myself, like, what games, like, what, what genre is starting to get oversaturated and people are just not paying attention to any other game that pops out other than, like, the big ones? So, Call of Duty. Well, military shooters. Yeah, military shooters. And how quickly, all of a sudden, people started trying to get into that fucking money, money pool that Call of Duty was making. Yeah. That Battlefield was making. And the most successful I could think of was uh, EA putting out the uh, the Battlefield games. Mm-hmm. Uh, Battlefield, Battle... Uh, I wouldn't call it Battlefront because Battlefront's a whole different thing. 
Um, but it just, it boiled down to like, do I really want to go out of the mainstream because most of these games are just not very good? Uh, it's just, it's really hard. Like, it, it, it was really hard for me to think of like any other game outside of the main ones for shooters that I just, I, I couldn't think of the names of. And then that got me thinking, what happens if that happens to fuck? I mean, it's already been happening to RPGs, but what happens when, you know, people just don't want to play an actual good RPG because it's another RPG and they could just go and play one of the main ones? Yeah. You get what I'm talking about yeah. right now? Because right now we have Baldur's Gate 3 and that is out right now. Really good RPG. We have Wasteland 3. Very good, uh, very good game, in my opinion. I slept on it a few days, but like, I I, I got into it hard. <laughs> but do you think that there is a specific tipping point where all of a sudden you say, "Yeah, we're in the golden age of this genre," and then after a while you say to yourself, "Yeah, that was the golden age. Like this is this age right here." was the one where it's pinnacle. Anything else afterwards was just utter garbage. So, I, okay, yeah, I, I think there are points where you can say that. So I, I, the Battle Royale games, I would say at the peak of the popularity for PUBG, that was, um, yeah, that was the golden age. Uh, for Souls-like games, I want to say that was during the Dark Souls 3 period. Oh, yeah. And, uh, like... After that came Dark Souls Remastered, which I, I love playing. I love that version of the game. But after Dark Souls 3, you started seeing a whole slew of of other Souls-like games that just, just were not quite cutting it. Uh, it was hard for the difficult for the uh, difficulty's sake. Uh, for shooters, uh, this 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 is going to differ here. If we're talking a uh, a Doom clone, and Doom clones were the ones from the 90s where uh, before we had the term first-person shooter, we called them Doom clones. I would say somewhere in between what was going on between id Software and 3D Realms, maybe um, Duke Nukem 3D mm-hmm. was like the the part of the Golden Age. Silver Age. Silver Age. Doom 2 might have been Golden Age. Hmm... Okay, okay. And and I'm going to have I'm going to have people that are going to say otherwise for what I'm saying for the golden age of these uh, of these points here though. Um and and I'm I'm not going to argue against it because I don't think that what what I'm saying here is going to have that much more merit to someone pointing out like maybe this was the golden age of doom clones for example. Okay, okay. But it's I don't know. It just it started feeling weird to me because, like, as soon as I started thinking of RPGs, I started, I gave myself kind of a criteria, you know? Like, does it look graphically, does it look graphically good? Does it look fun from the gameplay trailers that I'm seeing? And finally, am I actually going to like the story? And that's, that, that's, that, that's the point where I start actually looking at reviews when I, uh, I broke my own rule where it's like, if I want to enjoy the game, I will buy it and see what happens. Yeah. But I've been burnt way too many times when it comes down to that sort of stuff. I've been burnt a lot when it comes to first-person shooters. So back when 
we were in the Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3 era, I started realizing that all of the games that I was buying and playing were first-person shooters. And I, I, I could hardly remember the last time I, I picked up a, a third-person game or a platformer and, and wanted to play it. Uh, Role-playing games, it, uh, you know, unless it was like the Elder Scrolls, it was hard for me to find a game from that uh, from those two consoles that I really loved that much. And I think that there was a bubble. And as that as the 360 and PS3 era continued, that bubble continued to grow until eventually it did pop. And the fizz, the fizzle was starting to happen during the Xbox One and PS4 era. Okay. Yeah, I think. God, I don't know. I just well, yeah, and, and actually, Orange Monkey is is pointing out here, uh, Bioshock and Halo, Bioshock and Halo. So you you had Halo coming out for the original Xbox unit. That was the the completely game changing. Um, what 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 is the uh, the term for the the game that you had to get for that console? Um, it. it it was the one that everyone was going for from the Xbox. And so thanks to Halo, that brought in a, a rise in popularity in first-person shooters on consoles. I'm ignoring Goldeneye. It, that doesn't exist. <laughs> Halo is, is what got it right for me. I like Goldeneye on the GameCube. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. It's still in the, That's still in the same... Like era as like as what Halo came from. Yeah, I I I just don't think that using the the C buttons to aim on the Nintendo sixty four controller was was good. Mm-mm. It didn't age well. I'm sorry, but yeah, like Halo Halo got it right and the, and it spiked in popularity, and uh, you had people that were uh just just waiting for the release of Halo two at the stores. Like some people had Halo set up at their cars. To, to play while waiting for the, the midnight release. Ooh. Yeah, it's... I don't, I don't know. I just... Every single time I start thinking about it, I kind of get a little worried when it comes down to, like, certain genres. Like, especially games that actually have good potential, but are thrown away because it's another shooter game. Yeah. Or it's another RPG, or it's another platformer. Like, I, I slept on... I okay. I I I I'm gonna be embarrassed to say this, but I did sleep on, on a fucking what's it? Uh, fuck. I, not Dragon's Dogma. Well, fuck, Divinity Original Sin two. I actually slept on it for a while because it was another RPG. Oh no, you didn't. You hopped right on, and, and you had Zach and I joining with you in that. Oh yeah, no. It what might have been the, was it? It might have been the the first Divinity Original Sin. Yes, that was the one because like yeah. all of a sudden I started like looking over and I started seeing like oh they're like they they keep putting clothes on the woman. I I guess that's cool. I guess and like <laughs> that's the only news I heard about it. And the only reason I didn't want to get in I I didn't want to get into it is because it's another RPG. <laughs> so that was the thing. Like like uh, Larian Studios had to sort of show what they were worth to get people to to really buy into this game and uh like as as soon as i did as soon as people started playing it they immediately knew okay this is hot shit this is something that we gotta we gotta get on um and i mean in that sort of thinking 
I'm kind of scared for Cyberpunk right now. Why is that? Well, okay, so first off, everyone here has probably noticed that Cyberpunk has been delayed about two or three times now. Well, just like The Witcher was. Just like The Witcher was, but yeah, it's just, it got so close to release, and then they had to delay it again. And I'm afraid that they're going to delay it again from the from their December, oh, excuse me, from their December release into 2021. I won't say that it'll break my enthusiasm for the game, but I will say it puts a damper on my spirits for how this game's going to turn out. I yeah, I I actually have no excitement for Cyberpunk. Like I I was hyped for it when I first when I first started like looking at the gameplay. I'm like this seems this seems pretty cool. Like this seems really cool actually. Like there's there's an actual close combat system. Like, I can actually fist fight other people. That's kind of cool. If I run out of bullets, I can start punching people in the head. Got ya. That's all I needed to know. But at the same time, it's like, uh... It's been delayed God knows how many times. I've already forgotten what the date is for uh, for its release. There was someone who was, who was really pissed off about this game because of how many times it kept getting pushed back. This guy set aside time from work, so he requested the time off so that he'd be able to enjoy the game for a while before having to get back into work. And so every time the game kept getting delayed, he would have to make a new request and cancel the old one until he came to the point where it's like, I don't think my job's going to allow me to do this anymore. Yeah. And it's just, I understand why developers delay games. You don't want a shitty release. But at the same time, how many delays is too many delays? Like, everyone was excited for Duke Nukem. Oh, well, that wasn't just, like, delay after delay. That was just development hell until eventually Gearbox took it over. And then they made a bad... And then they rebuilt it into uh, a game that you shouldn't pay 60 bucks for. Yeah, let's let's just put it at that. Paying five bucks for it? I love it. Yeah, same. Well, not really. I I know. I never got the game. <laughs> like, I looked at it and I'm like, "Oh, it's $5." Ooh, new DLC for fucking Fallout. <laughs> I don't have this workshop DLC. And it's on and it's on sale. Awesome. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> Are there any other genres we can think of? Like, I mean, I think I think the platforming genre had this problem. Platforming genre, I don't know. I again, I never got into platformers when I was a kid. It, well, they just so like you remember. So there was Sonic the Hedgehog, and then the success of Sonic the Hedgehog made other companies think, okay, if we make uh, X the Y animal and turn that into a platformer, uh, kids will want parents to buy it for them, like a uh, Bubsy Bobcat. Uh huh. Uh huh. Are you, you doing all right there? Yeah, I remember playing that as a little kid on my my Sega Nomad, and thinking, "Gosh, this is a bizarre game. It's kind of cool. It's, it's just really bizarre." And then growing up, it's like, "Oh no, no, this wasn't just bizarre. This is just badly designed too." Like, and as a kid, you don't really know that. You like, you don't really notice that. Like, games are. It's not necessarily you that's a bad player. It's just you've got a bad game. 
Are you saying Bubsy 3D was bad? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. It wasn't even a prototype for uh, for 3D gaming. It was just bad. But but it it, it defined a generation. <laughs> I mean, it was supposed to define a generation. I, you know, I, I bet you, I bet we'll find someone that is willing to defend Bubsy 3D. <laughs> They're out there. They've got to be out there. And if I find them, I want to talk to them. I want to bring them onto the show and and ask them questions, uh, which may feel like interrogation. But don't worry about that. Like, damn, there's a lot of car batteries around here for an online show. Yeah. Uh, actually, Orange Monkey also says DDR back in the day. Ooh, yeah. You know what? You know what? The instrument playing games like Guitar Hero and Rock Band, that, I think, became a little too saturated. I, uh, I had, uh, I had, uh, Mario DDR. I wanted that. It was really fun. I still have the game mat somewhere at home. But, uh, yeah, I remember convincing my parents. Again, I was a very smooth talker back in the day. Yeah, you were. So if I gave a good... If you I convinced gave a, your mom to get you Fallout 3. Yes, because, you were a smooth talker. Yeah. But I convinced her, like, well, I mean, you say I never get exercise, and I was a fat kid back in the day. I'm like, I mean, if you think about it, Mom, this is also exercise. What? And she oh, like, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember, I think, God, I think Nickelodeon used to have, a, no, Disney. Disney used to have like a little magazine that you could buy at Walmart. Yeah. And I saw, and I, no, it wasn't, it wasn't Disney. It was Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon, oh, Nickelodeon used to have a magazine. Yeah. Nickelodeon magazine. Yeah. Like they had a little, they had a little section of like video games and stuff like that. And I would like always read it. And it's like, see, see mom, see, even Nickelodeon says that it's good for kids. If you want, if you want to get like a good cardio workout, I don't know what cardio means, <laughs> <laughs> but the, yeah, the network that is designed to sell toys. Yeah. And I mean, and and she looked over at it and it's just like, are you actually going to use it? Or is this is this going to be one of the games where you can just play it on your stupid little controller? Like, no, no, you you, you there's a game pad that you can like dance on. It's like, okay, I want to see you on there an hour at a time. Like, okay, okay, I'll do it. And I got it and I started playing it and I was really good at it. And I brought over my friends and they were like, oh, that's really cool. They're like, yeah, we're dancing with Mario and Luigi. And Mario and Luigi are doing this really weird step dance. Uh, it was a little weird when I was a little kid, like, looking at that. And you had to navigate with the dance pad in order to get to the next zone. There was a mini game where you had to dance out of the way of a pumpkin. No, not a pumpkin. Out out, out of the way of closing doors in, like, a spaceship thing. Um. In order for you to not die to boo, you had to show him that you were the master of dance, I think. <laughs> there was an ice level. Like, you can look up gameplay, like gameplay videos of this, and you will see that there are certain parts where it's like, this is really weird, but damn, th that looks really hard I, I, to I do. Can, I can imagine a, a young boy, Stev, uh, you said, okay, you said you were a chunky boy, so I'm going to imagine this. Young chunky Stev boy here. Getting in his his Adidas uh, sweat shorts and uh, wearing his uh, his no, sweat no. cuffs. You don't understand. Polo shirt. Oh, jeans on a chunky boy. 
that was butt heavy. <laughs> okay. I was also remarkably tan for a small child as well. So, <laughs> what do you mean by remarkably tan? I was the epi- I, I I was the exact stereotype of a Mexican of a Mexican preteen, <laughs> of a chubby Mexican preteen. <laughs> so imagine that staring intently at a TV screen, being watched by your loving parents as you dance for them. <laughs> Like I want an overly tan, young, and, and like bottom heavy Stev boy <laughs> dancing. And dancing I remember frantically. There was a remix of that song, by the way. Yeah, I bet there was. And there was also a remix of the ice of the ice zone in uh, in that game too. Remember the slide? Yeah, yeah. There was that. You didn't slide down the slide in the DDR game, I don't believe. I don't really remember most. It was a blur, my childhood. <laughs> I only remember these things because they're like stomping and enth- like overly enthusiastically. Oh yeah, and I thought I was the coolest guy. Now imagine after that, every song I was sweaty as hell, and I specifically remember the feeling. And I'm gonna like, I I say this with confidence, and I want no one to make fun of me. <laughs> Ball sweat <laughs> and chafing in jeans. I did not own workout shorts. I owned jeans. Well, didn't you have a gym class to go to? Yeah, in jeans you, out outside. No, no, in ninety degree weather. You did not go to gym in jeans on the yeah in the outside. No. Yes, they said okay. You don't have jeans, so whatever. Go, go play with the other kids. Okay. And I just run off, and we would have races to see who could run around, uh, who could run around the longest. <laughs> I would, I would not win those games. <laughs> but you right. had to run it. You had to run at dead speeds, like a dead sprint. Yeah, and you had to just keep running around. It didn't matter if it was in circles. Didn't matter. I was the kid who did it in circles. After like an upperclassman told me, "Don't do that, because then you'll just get sick." Like I'm gonna do it anyways, cause that way, like I'm not, I'm not moving around like them. I'm, I'm moving in small. And I did that, and I got a tummy ache. <laughs> but I was really baller at like doing the swings. You tried. You gave it your all. I also cl- climbed up a tree when I was a kid, and and then I got, I got red ants on me, <laughs> and they bit me, and I had to go home. I was not a smart child back then. To be fair, it was a mesquite tree, so anything can be hiding in those damn things. So, I was not a smart boy back then. No, I mean... I also remember... Oh, man, I I don't know why I'm going on a tangent with, like, stupid Steve. I remember accidentally breaking a kid's nose by playing kickball. (laughs) (laughs) I kicked it really hard, and he didn't see it, and he, like, turned, like, oh, I'm kicking the ball! Gunk! (laughs) <laughs> I got and I started crying really hard because I broke a kid's nose and I never and I, I I never I never got into a fight except for the one time that I did and okay. I got my shit kicked out of me. All right, here here's me. Uh here, here's here's me with with my childhood here. 
uh, elementary school was like the peak of my my Sonic the Hedgehog obsession. Oh, for the love of God! No. <laughs> so, <laughs> so. <laughs> Third, god damn it keep going <laughs> second grade there was uh you know you know there was dirk who who loved sonic cd and uh what we, what we referred to as the naruto run sonic did that first and i tried to do that run going into recess i'm so ashamed I didn't do that until fucking sixth grade. <laughs> we convinced we convinced a bunch of third grade track and field kids <laughs> that Naruto running would be the easiest way to gain more speed. So imagine three really cool private school Christian kids. Naruto running in front of a bunch of public school kids. See, okay, I'm being asked, did I Naruto run? No, I tried running like Sonic. It would just evolve into the Naruto run because it was the same thing. I don't think we were cool kids no, back then. I was not a cool kid. No, I was not. We played Yu-Gi-Oh on the back porch. I was that kid who was like, hey, uh, do you listen to this obscure Christian rock band? No? Okay. That was me. <laughs> Did you try and show off your Christian rock band series? Yes! <laughs> yeah! I remember, like, hearing... Please tell me that you tried to dress up as one of them. No. I remember, like, listening to the Newsboys uh, at, at the school as a kid. I was, like, super fucking getting into it. Like... <laughs> My childhood. <laughs> I I think it was the the non exposure to the world that 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 caused this. What a what a pure closeted boy. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't be very long where all my peers got into NSYNC and the Newsboys, and I was like, oh, okay, this is what we're listening to now. Okay. Backstreets. Back I I went from I went from. Uh, I think it was Bob Hartman of Petra, like shredding on the fucking guitar, and that motherfucker knew how to shred for for being a, in a Christian rock band. Like I went from that to like, I guess I have to listen to N Sync now. Okay, God, I, I I can I can I can scarcely imagine how that would start off. Do you guys love Jesus? Sick riff. <laughs> Jesus loved that rift. That Jesus riff? also loves you. you. Or you'd be like Striper and like pass out Bibles. I didn't get okay. I didn't get into Striper as a little boy. I I I had okay. I had a rat knockoff called White Cross. What the fuck, dude? Yeah. You know what I had back then? At Green Day. I hated Green Day when I when I first heard it. I still hate it. Oh man. I I I, I never liked it. Uh I uh. Me and a bunch of friends were really into it, and so whenever American Idiot came up, uh, everyone said, stand for the cool kids national anthem. Everyone did, including me. 
and we we faced the Green Day poster, you know, the one with the grenade heart thing. Yeah. And we we saluted it. And I kind of look back on those days and just kind of realize I'm really happy. Wait, why did you salute it? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I okay, I remember being in high school and uh American Idiot was the big thing back then. So we had to vote on what song would represent our class. Oh no. And I I think this was for was maybe for wasn't prom, I don't know. But we uh we had to vote on a song and and one of the songs that we had we had to pick from was uh I, Time of Your Lives from from that album. I, I forgot what it was called, but uh, I remember listening to it. it was like, yeah, it was, yeah, it was the time of your life. Yeah, yeah, I was like, this is so fucking gay. Like, who who thought who brought this one? Why are we doing this one? Yeah, we had a fucking Ed Sheeran song, so you got off easy. You did? Yeah. You know what I voted for? What? I voted for literally the soundtrack to Dragon's Dogma. Because <laughs> I knew no matter what I voted, I was gonna hate it. So I wrote in my own ballot. No. I didn't get that. <laughs> the student council instead voted on something else. <laughs> I oh god, god I don't want to turn this into like an absolute cringe fest of what how my high school was, but all the popular kids did this weird skit thing where they would like sing lyrics to songs during like uh, air quotes everyday occurrences, and you can see me in one of the videos where I just look over and. I specifically remember them like talking really loud and getting into something and then all of a sudden silence as they're lip syncing for a few seconds I thought that I had actually gone deaf because there was no sound in this specific hallway I'm like the fuck (laughs) (laughs) and I like and I remember my I remember my uh, my composition teacher like looking at me like saying Steph are you okay I think I went deaf like halfway through the hallway. I don't know how I feel about this right now. Like, oh, that's kind of weird. You want to go to the nurses or something like that? Like, nah, I'm just going to sit down for a while. I can hear you now. I don't really know what the fuck was going on over there. Oh, that's just the AV club doing something weird. Don't don't worry about it. Like, oh, what are they doing? So, like, they do a thing, right? And then yeah. they, they lip sync lyrics to a popular song. That sounds stupid. I agree, but I'm not going to say that to them. Yeah. And then we went along with our own lives. Okay. I, I, I'm going to bring up a, a point here about teens, well, kids and music, because like I, I didn't realize this until maybe like after I got off, out of high school. I didn't, like, I didn't really think about it until then. Um, back when I was in middle school, I had shit like Linkin Park, mm-hmm. and so did all the other like cool, edgier kids. They had Linkin Park. Uh, there was also Good Charlotte, uh, but if your parents were really cool, you got to listen to Eminem. He- here's the thing. I I really believe that this kind of music is bad for developing people because I think it sets some really bad, overly dramatic expectations about how people are supposed to interact with each other. Now, I will say this when it comes down to Eminem and stuff like that. Now, I after after hearing, you know, the mom spaghetti thing. Yeah. 
so I actually one day actually just decided to like look at the lyrics and it's like this guy is like okay Jesus this is actually kind of this is literally describing a kid who is having to go into this really stressful area and like fucking rap his heart out yeah like if he fails he fails hard and like a lot of a lot of the a lot of the albums that a lot of the rap songs that he does it's like this guy led a really sh- like he he had a fucking rough life of things yeah if you ever get the chance to read behind the paint by ICP uh like they they oh they went through a lot of shit growing up in Detroit but what I'm getting at though is like uh so like with Eminem there were there's there's songs where he's making up like really out there stories that are for the fun of it mm-hmm. um like in in hip hop you were supposed to portray yourself as that that young cold-blooded killer uh but when we get into things like hard rock and you, you so you've you've got Lincoln Park that is extremely vague about what the subject matter is, but you're supposed to understand the emotion behind the songs. I think I, I, I really do think that is actually bad for kids. I think that uh, teen dramas are bad for kids in the sense that like it, it sex, it sets really bad expectations for, for how you should think about things. And, and like it's kind of weird for me to say that because like I, I would think you know a kid should be able to listen and watch whatever they want to, that's true. But you you take music that is all about being some sort of like edgy rebel, and and introduce it to a kid that doesn't that has never experienced the real world outside of school. Oh like, yeah, 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 yeah. You, I, you, I, you I get, get where I'm coming from. Yeah. yeah, I I knew a kid. I I knew a bunch of kids that were like that. Yeah, well, it's like like Breaking Benjamin. Like Breaking Benjamin is is not a bad band, but it's listened to by by people that take everything so dramatically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh Jesus. But okay, that's enough of that. We should we should wrap this up then. Yeah, guys, if you like what we do, follow us on Facebook.com/slash Arrogant Media. We also have uh, the YouTube channel, Arrogant Media. Subscribe there. Give us a sub-a-dub. Share the show. Get people listening. We also have merch.arrogantmedia.net if you want to buy a t-shirt, a mug, I think a hat. Get it. Get it now. Buy it. Do it. Yeah. 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 Until next time. Well, hang on a minute. Now, now I'm going to go back to what I was talking about before when it comes down to, you know, Battle Royales and stuff like that, you know? You know what sets Apex Legends apart? That two... You see, two other games in this holy trinity of Battle Royales have this. You know, you got your Fortnites, you got your PUBGs. You take one, one, one wrong step, you're, you're dead, son. But you know what you can't take in Apex Legends? And I found out the scary way. What's that? You can't take fall damage. How does he keep doing this? How do, can't get how, away. how do you how do you stop this man? <laughs> <laughs>